Hello and welcome to RJ Metrics Buddy Time. I'm your host, Bob Moore. Every week on Buddy Time, we meet with another RJ Metrics team member to learn a little bit more about who they are, where they came from, and what it's like to be a member of the RJ Metrics team. As always, we want to extend a big thanks to Alex Klieger. His awesome Softball Diaries podcast is available on iTunes and was the inspiration for this series. Hello and welcome to today's episode. I am very excited to be sitting here with today's guest. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what your role is here at RJ, and how long you've been with the company. All right. Uh, my name is Leah Ard. Um, my role here is I'm an account executive, so that means I'm on the sales team. I'm a sales representative um, from the closing side. Um, and I've been at the company for uh, I'm coming up on two years in February. Awesome. Congrats. Uh, Thank you. What were you doing before RJ? Um, I worked as a kind of like a project manager slash uh, engineer um, at a company called Real Win Win, believe it or not. Real Win Win? Uh, that's real. What yeah, did they do? Real. Uh, they did uh, energy efficiency rebates for like large companies and corporations. Like we had clients um, like 7-Eleven, for example, anyone with a lot of locations all over the country or something that did a lot of projects mm-hmm. like energy efficiency to save money. Um, not green energy, energy efficiency. So like uh, updating like HVAC systems and lighting systems and you know all that all all that kind of thing. Um, we procured and expedited rebates for them from energy companies across the country. Oh wow! Because okay. it's not something because every like municipality has its own rules. So we had territories. The engineering team. I created relationships with the um, utilities in my territories, yeah. and I made sure that our clients' rebates were maximized and quick and all that. Were they based here in Philly? Yeah, they were. Yeah, oh, cool. Just down the street in Center City. Um, oh really? Yeah, twentieth and Arch. How big of a company is that? Um, it was around when I left, it was like 25 or 30 people, a small company, very uh-huh. small company. Gotcha. And it's the real win-win. <laughs> What's the origin of that name? Do you know? Oh, uh, no, I don't know the exact origin of it. Um, I didn't love the name. I, it was one of those things where I like kind of cringe. Yeah. Like I liked the company, but I, I kind of cringe when I had to tell people where I worked. Yeah. Cause I just knew it was going to be like questions, which yeah. is fine. But like, you know, like oh, I work at real win-win. <laughs> I wanted to like put it into like just initials or something. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, cool. So, um, your, was that your first job out of college or were you doing something before that? That was my first like real job out of oh, college. Cool. Like my first salaried position. Yeah. So how did you find them originally? <laughs> um, I applied <laughs> from a Craigslist ad. Nice. Really weird. <laughs> um, and, and I got the job. I, I had been applying at jobs for a long time. Yeah. And was starting to get pretty frustrated. Obviously, you know, yeah. like I graduated college in two thousand nine, uh-huh. ten. Um, so things weren't awesome. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't terrible either. And so, um, yeah, I. I been looking for like a month it had been about a month or two I think since I graduated yeah and I still hadn't had a full-time like yeah. salaried position um, and so I I found that ad and they liked me and they kind of created a position for me so it was nice of them cool that's great and it sounds like you were there for a, a good amount of time about three years cool. I, yeah, yeah three years yeah mm-hmm. um, what was your favorite part about that job uh, the people I worked with yeah for sure yeah and I got to like my my role was Aside from like energy calculations, yeah. um, my role was really to like maintain relationships, mm-hmm. and it was rewarding 
uh, seeing like the the fruits of that labor kind yeah. of in, in good relationship yeah. building. Was that did you study something in college that was maybe related <laughs> to that or? Uh, I studied civil engineering in college. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so kind of. I mean, yeah. it, it it helped me get the job. <laughs> so, but it, I wasn't a civil engineer. I worked on the engineering team um, under a civil engineer under uh-huh. a PE, but I. Uh, have you ever thought about going back into the universe of, of engineering? Was that w- when you first yeah. started in civil engineering? What did you think your career was going to look like? Yeah, um, no, no, not at all. And I didn't, I didn't get my engineering degree to become an engineer. Uh-huh. Um, I thought it was a good use of money. Yep. Um, and every engineer that I'd ever met yeah. growing up, like friends of, of, or like parents of friends, just seemed like really kind of like. This is maybe an exaggeration, but like kind of like Renaissance people. Yeah. And I always admired them, and I thought like that seems like an interesting thing. Like they just seemed smart, uh-huh. um, and they knew a lot, and they seemed interesting. So I, it, it kind of just drew me. I didn't have a parent that was an engineer or anything like that. I just kind of did it on my own. I just didn't know what to do. Uh, do you feel like there are extremely uh, <laughs> useful tactics and information in your brain related to civil engineering that you never get to put to use at this point? Uh, no, no, not necess- no, because in college, like, you don't really remember anything that you learned in college. Like, yeah. when sitting in, like, a concrete design class, I have no idea what I learned. Um, but I definitely, it was hard. Yeah. Um, and it was, like, mostly teamwork-based. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, you're always on teams building things and yeah. figuring things out. Um, and it was just intense problem solving, like any engineering curriculum. Yeah. Um, so that's awesome. That was really beneficial, I think. Cool. I completely agree with that philosophy, by the way. Uh, I have an engineering degree, uh, not nearly in as cool a field as yours. It's financial engineering. It's not even, I don't even know how they get away with putting the word engineering on that. I just heard uh, about that degree as a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, at at Princeton, it is now the most popular engineering degree out of the entire engineering school. Yeah. Um, and that's out of the engineering uh, school. It's out of the engineering school, so it's a wow. it's a BSc. Um, I don't think it's ABET accredited. Uh, yeah. it's, it's kind of like a, a slightly manufactured uh, major, <laughs> yeah. but it's just enough computer science and statistics and economics so to kind of blend it all from. together. Yeah. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's absolutely. I could not do a differential equation if you put it in front of me. <laughs> but uh, figuring out problems and just learning how to think, I think, is yeah. really really a big uh, for sure big part of it I remember when I went to school I didn't want to do biology because I was like oh I'm gonna have to take calculus there's no way I did a lot of art in high school like I was like an art I did every art class we had a huge arts program in our high school that's Mm -hmm. all I did was fine arts and jewelry making and stuff and and then um, I ended up doing like calc one two three and differential like in a year wow (laughs) and it was just over (laughs) that that quick Um, so yeah it was weird I like very quickly switched directions that's crazy the uh, uh, but a lot of engineers do that it's not a big deal but you know it just yeah. for me it was a very big change absolutely and I think all, you know, a lot of engineers do come in with a huge amount of that background and when you don't have that yeah. leg up it's super impressive to be able to make that flip um, I struggled a lot in my freshman year of college because my high school uh, which had amazing teachers just didn't have the depth of AP curriculum that a lot of the, my classmates high schools did so I came in having only taken the first year of calculus when a lot of people had taken the first two and oh. we didn't have any AP physics Jeez. and kind of got thrown <laughs> in like I was doing 
you know, E&M physics in the first semester of my freshman year, which requires multivariate calculus in order to do your like mapping these Gaussian surfaces and things. And I hadn't taken multivariate calculus. And it was just like, I was taking these two things at the same time and they weren't very well timed with one another. Like in yeah. week two, I would learn the physics thing that required the particular yeah. tactic. And then in week three in the other class, I'd learn the tactic. Yeah. Uh, so it was always, it was always a lot of catch up. So uh, kudos for uh, making it making it through a, a switch that much. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, your high school experience sounds pretty cool. So uh, yeah, among like things my uh, high school also did not offer, jewelry making was not one of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yeah, I think I took every art class that my high school had, uh-huh. except like in the wood shop department. I didn't yeah. take any like. Where'd you go to high school? Um, I went to Lampeter Strasburg High School in Lancaster County. Lancaster Chris County. Schmidt and I like nice. representing Lancaster County. Awesome. Um, yeah. So they had an amazing arts program. We had a lot of kids that went on to like um, Tyler and Pratt and SCAD and some really great art schools, like amazing artists. Um, Yeah, so I took like, we had like a couple different fine arts classes, like art survey and then fine art one, fine art two, drawing classes. Um, I took jewelry medals one, jewelry medals two, clay and sculpture one. I don't remember if I took clay and sculpture two. Um, So I took all those kinds of things. yeah, that's what I spent the majority of my time doing in the art labs, just working on jewelry making and, and that's metal smithing. And sounds like uh, <laughs> there's some science among that art, right? I mean, a lot well, of that metal working. And I learned like, to solder, uh-huh. and you had to like, you know, uh, you learned about uh, like flux and like solder and like how yeah. metals melted at different temperatures. Yeah, a little uh-huh. bit. Yeah, there's some some things cool. to take into consideration there. Um, interesting. <laughs> so uh, thinking back to high school when. Uh, I always ask people what uh, what stereotype were you in high school? Like I was I was oh. the nerd for sure. Um, <laughs> or you know what when you think about yourself in high school, what are the characteristics that kind of define you? Um, I was really uh, I didn't I wasn't like an, I wasn't a nerd for sure. Um, my high school is really friendly. We, everyone got along really well. Like there were kids that were like jocks, but they were also like in the band and they got along. Middle school was a little rougher. Uh Not for me particularly, but I saw like bullying and things like that. High school was really nice. That's great. Um, Yeah, I had a very gentle experience in high school. It was really nice. Um, They were like the popular kids, I guess, but they're relatively friendly. Um, I don't know. I I would define high school by the friends that I had. Yeah. I would say I was like kind of in the middle. I played sports all year round and everything, so I had a lot of, you know, I, I had that experience. I was in the band one year, but then not another. So I was a nice like hodgepodge of things, which is kind of a cop-out answer, but it's true. Um, I I would, maybe I could say that like, um, like my best friend in high school was the homecoming queen. So like, you know, like yeah. I was kind of by her in, in like a cooler group, but even she was not like yeah. the popular girl. She just was, the most admired person in the high school. <laughs> She's uh, the nicest person in the world. So, so far, I've gotten two distinct <laughs> answers to that question okay. uh, out of everyone I've asked, and one of them is, "Oh, I was a huge nerd," and one of them is your answer. Which okay, is really? Like, yeah, that's funny. Kind of the, it's a it's a high. Maybe nobody wants so. to admit, like I was yeah. the jock. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was a terrible jock. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I was mean to everybody. What uh, when you were in the band for a year? What did you play? <laughs> oh, I didn't play anything. <laughs> How were you in the band without playing? I was in the color guard. I had like flags and swords that we threw around and. Things like that, like twirling things. Wow. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> um, my first year. My first I'm gonna year. double click on that swords part. <laughs> well, wait. Yeah, it was swords my year because uh, our theme was all the girls that were in the color guard. It was uh-huh. all a female color guard, um, and we dressed up as like genies. And by that, we just had like purple shirts on with like 
kind of like puffyish. <laughs> yeah, MC Hammer pants. And um, yeah, there were like just some swords. They were like not. They were like wooden. Okay. Not real swords. <laughs> not saber like with 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 actual blades. No. That's um, the uh, if you'd saved for two years, it would have been the yeah. Characters. Then they they move you up to real yeah. death-defying stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what uh, what led you to start doing that, and what led you to stop doing that? Uh, <laughs> um, a girl, my one of my brothers, very good friends that was a girl uh -huh. was also in it, and he was older than me, so she uh -huh. was already part of it when I was coming up to high school, and she was like, oh, you would love it, you should try it, so she taught me how to do it, and I just like killed the uh -huh. the audition for it, because I like knew how to do everything, nice. which was fine, that was that was fair, that's not cheating. Um, the second year, I didn't make it, Oh wow. and here's what's crazy, I we we won states. Uh -huh. um, in your first year. In my first year, yeah. uh, which and we had done that before, like we were a good yeah. band or whatever. But I taught two of my girlfriends how to do it. They made it, and I wasn't taken my second year. I think they. Made like it. a vendetta. I think the coach might not have loved me. I got along with her, but she was like kind of touchy. Mm -hmm. um, but that was kind of okay too. I was kind of like I ran cross country also, so I was kind of like eh, whatever. Like I had other things to do anyways. Yeah. What were the? <laughs> you said you played sports year round. You had cross country. Other cross country. Uh, well, yeah. In high school, I switched over some of my sports. Cross country, I did indoor track a little bit, which was in the winter. Yeah. And then I did track and field, which was in the spring or summer or whatever. Cool. What, yeah. Did you have particular events that you uh, arrived uh, in? Uh, in track and field, it was... Um, are we good? Yeah, we're good. Okay. In track and field, it was... Um, I did like the, the 400 relay a lot of times. Um, so that's... Uh, Four hundred. Oh, so actually the meters. eight. No, I'm no. wrong. The eight hundred. No, the the mile relay. Oh, the mile relay. Which is, but that's a four hundred each person. Oh, but I see. I, it's Got a it. four by four. Okay. I think. Yeah. So four people run four hundred meters and it's a mile. I see. Got yeah. You. So that's, that's basically going a quarter mile as fast as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the four hundred's hard because it's like a sprint, mm -hmm. but it's like a quarter mile sprint. Like yeah. it's not a run. Like you don't really pace yourself like you do in an eight hundred. Mm -hmm. You actually just sprint. And it's terrible. What uh, what was like your best time? I don't remember. I don't remember. What is? Really <laughs> I would tell you if I did. What is? A good, I had some like cross country uh, time on a four hundred. I mean, I know a really good four hundred in high school for a girl, and this is if I'm remembering right, is like a minute. That's is right. really fast. Wow. That's really fast. for a female. I I don't I don't I think I cool. think uh, <laughs> I don't remember these numbers. All new information. It was right. a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Lancaster County uh, and what, <laughs> okay. outside of the school, what that environment is like. Uh, yeah. You know, it's out a little more uh, in a rural area. Uh, what was that experience? Have like? you been there? Uh, I have been out there, yeah. Oh, what did you, can I? Can I, am I, uh, I, may, I may totally get this wrong. Lancaster County is the county in which the city of Lancaster exists, Yeah, that's right. right. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been out there. So I've done like antique shopping and <laughs> eating a bunch of Amish baked goods and things like that. Have you there. been to like uh, Bird in Hand? Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, totally. I've been out there. I think I stayed at a bed and breakfast out, uh, <laughs> out that way at some point in time. Uh, yeah. So that's, I probably have the most touristy possible uh, lens, okay. but uh, is, uh, how much is that experience like what your experience was like? Um, I mean, I had the normal experience because, you know, you're just like growing up, so you hang out with your friends and you go to mm -hmm. sports practice and you hang out with your parents and, you know, do that kind of thing. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I too got the occasional, occasional donut from Burton Hand Bakery growing yeah. up. Uh, there's a really great market in Lancaster City called Central Market uh -huh. that is open on like Fridays, Saturdays, and Tuesdays or something. Ooh. And it's really great. Um, 
it's an indoor like historic market and they you know have vendors come it's great um, so I would go there now and then uh, Lancaster's becoming kind of hip like the city itself um, a lot of my friends that uh, that didn't leave town kind of uh -huh. after high school have bought houses in Lancaster City it's really nice oh cool very historic um, like old townhouses old yeah. row homes kind of like in Philly but uh -huh. really nice um, yeah, so it was it was normal. I didn't have like a particular rural, particularly rural upbringing. I mean, we would go to like the county parks and like swim in streams and stuff in the summer and, nice. and do that. Um, but my family comes from rural upbringing, like farm oh, okay. farm kids. Um, so yeah. So you're, my been... my I was kind of like a suburban country ish. Yeah. Um, and then you moved to the city. Uh, yeah. Talk a little bit about that decision. <clears throat> yeah, I moved to the city uh, to go to Temple. Mm -hmm. um, I was supposed to go to St. Joe's. I like had my like deposits in. I had a roommate, and I pulled out last minute because wow. it was so Why? expensive. Um, I got some, I think, really good advice from one of my cousins. Yep. Um, and she was like, "Do what you need to do, but." Um, if you're not absolutely like committed, and it's not like it's like MIT or an Ivy League school, like it's good school, but she was like, save your money. If you want to spend money, go to grad school. And yeah. Spend money. Um, so I spent like a quarter of the amount of money at Temple. That's great. And I will be done paying off my college tuition or my college loans next month. That's incredible. Yes. Congrats. <laughs> I love that so much. So, so that's really good because I would that wouldn't be the wow. case if I went to St. Joe's. That is, I know there are one, one thing. <laughs> All the love in the world to St. Joe's, but. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I know we've got a few a few St. Joe's alums here. Yeah. Um, it is remarkable to me as we hire more and more how, how much student debt is a crippling factor in a lot of people's like decision making around their careers, even very early on in their careers. Um, uh, I have learned a lot about that universe, you know, hiring yeah. people over the last five years or so. It's pretty incredible how, well. how much of an impact that has. I think every student in high school or everybody should have to take a personal finance class or something. Yeah. You have like no concept of like how much stuff is going to be like yeah. or what your life's going to be like afterwards. I mean, like that's kind of like a crisis it seems like right now. Like, it is. Like, I, I think it is probably debt. the biggest largest... For millennials, uh, like yes, it is uh, the biggest problem. It, it's incredible, and the even just the simple math around. Okay, if you come out of school and you think you've gotten a really good job and you're making X amount of money per year, just the calculus on this is going to taxes, this is other withholdings that are going to happen, yeah. this is what your paycheck is going to look like every month. If you have this much student debt, then this is what your monthly payment's gonna make at a, at a minimum, let alone if you're trying to pay it off in any kind of reasonable amount of time. Yeah. And then this is what's left to live on and get an apartment with and everything else. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty, it's pretty terrifying math that I don't think actually lands home with a lot of people until they have their first job and they're out there trying to make exactly. the math come together. Yeah. Um, they, don't, a, they don't think about it. It's a pretty scary thing. Yeah. Um, and in some way, it's, it's weird that it's not necessarily in the university's best interest to force that math upon people no. uh, very early on in their time there. So no. it's almost a like a high school uh, That's why I thing. Think and then, yeah, when you're in high school, yeah. it's so far away that you just assume you're going to be a, you're yeah. gonna be a and millionaire. You're, and, and you take things into account, like, well, where are my friends going? To school? Yes. Like, you take things into account that, like, aren't things you should maybe take into account so much. Yes. You know, or whatever. So. <laughs> Um, okay, so you uh, you moved to the city to go to Temple. Yeah. You decided Temple. then to, to stay in the city when looking for work. Um, did. did you have anything that was drawing you back? 
it sounds like your your family legacy was to hmm. be rural and then moving to suburban. It sounds like you're kind of the completion of this cycle. But. Well, my, yeah, the family legacy was to go to Penn State. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so which is great school, but not it wasn't for me. Um, I like Penn State, but it's not for me. Um, so uh, I I just liked it here. Um, I might have out of school like been, I, I applied to a lot of jobs in New York there for a while. Um, I applied to like. <laughs> Well before I applied, I remember I applied to like five jobs at Kickstarter and they just would not talk to me. And I tried like every which way to get somebody there to talk to me. <laughs> they just like ignored me forever. Um, but I've, I, I applied to some other jobs um, like in New York, but I didn't really consider moving like way out. I really liked Philly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really, really liked Philadelphia. Um, and I've done, I've done like quite a bit of traveling around the country. It wasn't like... Yeah, no, I just really like Philadelphia. What is it about Philly that uh, stands out for you? Well, it's affordable. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's like creating its identity right now. Uh-huh. It doesn't already have one. So to be kind of, well, it does, yeah. but it's it, it's really being developed. Uh-huh. Philly's not already kind of been like um, made. Uh-huh. Um, and so people are making it now. And so to be like, to be able to be like part of the identity of the city, I've got a house here now. So like, you know, those are just things that are not realistic in a lot of other cities. Yeah. Um, I love the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a beautiful city. It has a lot of history, a lot of old buildings. Those things are important to me. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I definitely agree with the, it is a city in the process of at least defining its current, uh, yeah. you know, incarnation of itself. Yeah. Um, there's a, uh, one thing that has always made it less appealing for me to say start a business in San Francisco is just the idea that um, how much the identity of that city is uh, predefined and solidified and reinforced by the people in it. Whereas I feel like in a city like Philly, the people in the city are always in the process, of, or at least at this point in time, in the process of reinventing what that city's identity is and actually actively interested in changing that city's yeah. identity to the outside world. Um, and I think being hopefully being a part of a generation of city dwellers that change that we uh, throw batteries at Santa reputation <laughs> is uh, although I don't know that I necessarily want to shake that uh, particular part of kicking it, the Easter Bunny and like I don't yeah, know what else we do that yeah. Easter Bunny had it coming. <laughs> um, Cool. Uh, speaking of small animals, uh, you are an amateur bird watcher. Right <laughs> yeah. You like the transition? <laughs> yeah, yes, I love that. Uh, yeah, I love birds. I'm a huge, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big nature advocate, mm-hmm. respecting nature, letting it go, mm-hmm. leaving it alone. Um, but I'm a huge animal. I'm a, yeah, yeah, huge. Yeah. Uh, birds especially, I've just had a fondness for. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about birds. So, how okay. are your parents into birds? How do you how do you initially get started on that? Track? Uh, no, no, I'm really different from my parents. Um, no, I didn't really pick up any of my habits. I feel from my parents so much. Like, um, I mean, my parents have great habits. They're not like that. Like, but like, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. I don't. I you know. Um, I don't know why I chose birds. It was like horses mm-hmm. when I was little. Like so many yeah. little girls. Like. Um, I never had dolls or anything like that. It was always animals, mm-hmm. like stuffed animals, plastic animals, toy animals, whales were big, horses were big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then at some point it like transitioned into birds as I got older. Um, I think I would read bird books. Like I would have, like how some kids read maybe the dictionary, like the stereotype goes or something. Yeah. I would have like, uh, not like a picture book, but like uh-huh. the Autobahn North American <laughs> Identification Glossary. Yeah. And I would like read it. 
and just knew like every bird and figured out how to, how to like identify them based on very small characteristics and like the way they move and the way that, you know so migratory patterns. Yeah. Have you ever gotten involved in competitive? Uh, no, like no, 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 no. Uh, that would maybe be something I would do. Not competitive, but uh, like traveling to watch birds. Like sure, yeah. big bird watchers like travel all over the country, world, mm-hmm. to see like just a glimpse of like one bird that's not on their list, you know? So like, I'm not like that necessarily. Um, I just, yeah, I just really. Do you have a list of all the birds you've seen? I have like a couple different lists that I've started at different places, like in books. Um, So yeah, I don't know how many it is. I mean, I'm sure I've seen like a couple hundred different species or something um, and like readily recognize them, yeah. Uh, are there, when I think of birds, I always default to these, you know, small little chirping uh, things that show up in your yep. backyard. There's also birds of prey, like enormous, enormous beasts. And uh, raptors. And raptors, yeah. yeah. Are, uh, do you kind of fall into one category or the other, or do you love all birds the same? Uh, I like waterfowl a lot. Waterfowl? Oh, man. What's an example of a waterfowl? Uh, like a duck? Oh, wow. Swan? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, goose? Uh, I like waterfowl a lot. Um, yeah, I like game birds, like pheasants, grouse. They're kind of cool. Oh, cool. Um, I, I mean, I really like all birds. Birds of prey are great. They're always cool to see, and they have an important role in the ecosystem. But um, yeah, that's a good question. But yeah, I, I love them all. <laughs> boring answer for a good question. Um, if I uh, am not remembering incorrectly from the summer picnic, you have a dog as well, right? Yeah, Chloe. Yeah, tell me about Chloe. <laughs> Chloe, um, she's my baby. She's a uh, she is a five year old Belgian Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, she was adopted. Uh-huh. Uh, we adopted her from owners who um, probably just shouldn't have had a dog. Like they, you know, she wasn't like an abuse case or anything. She was fine, but they just couldn't handle a large dog and especially a Malinois, or which is also another name for a Belgian Shepherd, the yeah. particular kind I have. Um, they are they are wild animals, and um, so yeah. She's done well with us. It was under long consideration because mm-hmm. um, I knew what she was when I looked when I found her. I knew exactly what the breed was, and uh-huh. I was at first like, oh, I don't think so. Yeah. that's not what I was like really in the in the market for. And then after talking with like my boyfriend about it and thinking about it, I was like, now I'm up for it. Going for it. She's doing very well. Yeah. What uh, What was the most uh, jarring thing about having a dog all of a sudden, especially in the city? Um, hmm. Uh. Well. I think with a puppy, it would be harder. We got her as an adult. She was already trained, and she has very, very, very good house manners. Oh, that's great. Um, she, like, so, like, we didn't have to, like, house train her. She can hold it. She's in the prime of her life, so, like, she can hold it, like, all day. <laughs> There's no accidents. That's, you know what I'm saying? Like, critical, she's yeah. not, like, young or old. So, like, um, uh, it can be embarrassing sometimes, like, if you have, like, a tantrum. Uh-huh. Like, the dog has a tantrum, and yeah. there's people around, and you're like, no, it's okay, and people start staring. Uh-huh. That can be jarring. What's a, uh, I don't know if I've ever seen a dog have a tantrum. Oh man, Chloe, she, just like if they get, like, we'll be walking with her on the sidewalk, and she's like all, like just running around, like all jittery kind of, and she can, when we got her, she knew how to walk on a leash. So we've been teaching her how to walk on a leash, and she does really well now, like I can take her for walks in Center City and everything. But, like if we get near the car, she just starts to freak out, like backing up and lunging forward, backing up and lunging forward, um, and just like doing, and starts whining and making a ruckus, and it's just embarrassing because it just looks like you have this out of control animal, and you're like, no, I swear, she's actually like behaves. Um, oh, I know another one. Uh, she's a shepherd, 
Um, she's a Belgian shepherd. She's in this like very like lean, mean, like looking like yeah. you know like shepherd dog. Yeah, she I looks would not like mess a wolf. With that dog. Yeah. yeah, you've seen her. Like she looks like a like a domesticated wolf or something. And um, so if she barks like at another person's dog, like they they get really scared and like. We, a lot of people like have already picked up their dogs like uh, when walking by her she doesn't always bark but if she's like excited and she like just barks it's not like a it, it's a bark yeah it's a bark <laughs> but she's really friendly she doesn't like she's good with our cat we just got a kitten she's fine um, she's never ever like hurt anything including like squirrels but she just has a bark and that's embarrassing it's embarrassing sometimes you know yeah it's like having a kid if they like I guess I don't have a kid but I imagine like when parents like when kids just start like making a lot of noise and like screaming. Yeah. It's kind of the same when like your dog just starts like barking at somebody on the street and you're like, I'm really sorry, I have no idea why nice. she chose you to bark the kitten that you just got. Um, oh. So now you've you've got like the perfect uh, the perfect home. You've, you've oh, bought yeah. a house. You've got a dog. Family. You've got a cat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, what's um, one of my stock questions in here is yeah. you go home from work on a typical day, mm. you know, what does that look like? How do you like to spend your time? Um, yeah, so going home from work on a typical day, I'm usually the, the last one home. Uh, my boyfriend's usually home first, he lives with me. Um, uh, it might be like, what are we ordering for dinner? Because neither yeah. of us have any time to do anything. Um, or it might be like, hey, what do you want for dinner? Or, hey, dinner's halfway done. Mm -hmm. um, uh, sometimes it's taking the dog for a walk. If I'm lucky, it's take, going for a run nice. um, with the dog mm -hmm. or with him. Um, uh, usually, there's a, a, I have a couple more like emails to send because yeah. um, we talk to a lot of people all over the world. So I like to send certain emails later at night because mm -hmm. they're sitting there kind of like prime of their day. Um, uh, yeah, we we were big uh, followers of various HBO shows. So when those are in season, it's oh, yeah. usually you know like catching up on those at least on like Monday or Tuesday of the week. Because we have HBO Go, I don't watch anything live. Oh yeah, like I don't watch anything like actually when it airs. Uh -huh. I always watch it after, like the day after. Are there any uh, non-obvious HBO shows that you're into? Non-obvious? What does that mean? So like uh, clearly Game of Thrones is something that like do you I, not watch Game of Thrones? I do not watch Game of Thrones. All right, uh, I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> That's what I'm glad I asked. Even, I even better, yeah. So yeah. what? Okay, what are the shows? Uh, the shows. I, well, we can uh, we can update. Yeah, it's called Weekend Update, right? Um, no, it, not uh, Weekend Update. That's on that's you, that's SNL. Um, yeah, John Oliver's thing. Yeah, John, yeah uh, what's the, it called? The, uh, Last week tonight. Uh, Last week tonight. Last week tonight. That's, that's it. it. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. Last week tonight, uh, but it's only once a week. Yeah. Veep, huge Veep. Fan. Huge. So huge. Uh, I was just at this uh, conference last week uh, in Palm Springs for the Ernst and Young Strategic Growth Forum, yeah. and one of the keynote speakers was Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <gasps> oh my gosh! Uh, I was so extremely oh, so. Oh man! Veep, I I think uh, is currently my favorite show on television. Oh, uh, the <laughs> the writing and performing kind of one-two punch on that is it's like I have a I and my fiance both have like. Enough of a like mean streak just in our general uh, I don't know the, the wordplay around how to creatively insult people is actually extremely fun and in that show it is at the pinnacle in the history of television. It's, yeah, so, it's so quick and so well done. Um, cool, uh, big uh, big fan of that. Were you a, like a Seinfeld fan? Oh or yeah, a, big yeah. time, big big Seinfeld fan. Um, I'm also a Curb Your Enthusiasm fan, but I haven't actually watched a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but a huge Seinfeld fan. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Cool. Um, Very into it. I always 
am curious at what point in time. So I'm I'm uh, just old enough that I remember. I think I was in maybe ninth or tenth grade when the. Seinfeld series finale aired. I think that was in like yeah. 98 or 99. Yeah, um, and it's always interesting. There's people that are Seinfeld fans because they watch them like crazy in syndication where they would come on every single night at 7 o'clock on yeah. some local channel. And the people that watched them live as they were coming on. Do you remember watching Seinfeld live as a I kid? I do. Yeah. And, and in high, retrospect, high praise. yeah, I do. I do remember watching new episodes. They were on Tuesdays? Thursdays. Thursdays. Must okay. see TV. Yeah, okay, okay. Thursdays. I knew it was, I got the T right. Um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and in retrospect, I'm kind of like, why was I watching Seinfeld episodes? Like, yeah. how old was I in 98? Like, I mean, I'm, and I don't know if I watched, like, I mean, I don't remember if there were certain parts where my parents, I think I was actually, they were probably just like, she doesn't understand what's going yeah. on. That's fine. Like, it was. I do, but I do remember watching new Seinfeld episodes, and it was weird because I remember at one point my parents wouldn't let me watch The Simpsons, but I was allowed to watch Seinfeld, and I'm like, what? Is one really, I don't know, I don't know. Um, whatever. <laughs> I don't know what their logic there was, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I've gone back and there were some shows even when I was like a, I couldn't have been more than seven or eight years old, but watching like Cheers and Roseanne oh, and man. some of those shows when they were on. And I've seen, thanks to the magic of Netflix, you can go back and like yeah. watch some of these shows. So as I've seen them in, in my Netflix queue, I'm like, oh yeah, I, I wonder if that show holds up. And not only do those shows hold up, they are so extremely inappropriate for seven or eight yeah. year old. And I just like, I guess I didn't quite process at the time all of what I was laughing at. But uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, I've already watched like movies now that I'm older, and I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. that's what they meant. And I'm like, wow, no, yeah. no idea, <laughs> no idea. That's what they were saying there. So it's. That's fun. That's a great parenting trick. Just rely rely on the ignorance and of your ignorance child. Of their uh, youth. <laughs> not not bad. Um, all right, we were talking about HBO shows. Veep. Oh yeah. Last week tonight. Last week tonight. Veep. Um, I like Silicon Valley. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Um, I just finished The Wire a couple months ago. Oh, great. Watched the whole way through it. I hadn't yeah. seen it, so I watched that. Um, what else? Uh, gosh, I like, can't think of them. I watch Girls, but like I, I don't want to. Like I like I liked the first season. Yeah. Um, I, but I like it's one of those where I'm like I'll watch it, but like I don't, I don't like watching it. I yeah. get well, you know, I'm not comfortable with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh, gosh. Pretty solid list. If, I mean, you, uh, if you binge watch The Wire recently, I, I did binge watch The Wire pretty, recently. Uh, that was a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. like that was long, um, and it was like traumatic. You know, like I learned a lot, and yeah. it was like emotional. Um, I'm trying to think what else. I mean, I know there's more. Like, what else do we watch? Oh, oh, True Detective. Oh yeah. So yeah. Did you watch season two of that? Yeah. I, I saw season one, oh. and <laughs> I I haven't even tried. Like, I should give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. I don't know how much I like season one, but I'm yet to meet somebody that defends There's no Rustin, that's for sure. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not the same, obviously. And I'm sure you've heard that from 100% of people Accurate. that have watched it. Yeah. Accurate. Uh, and <laughs> N is not one. Uh, it, is, <laughs> it is pretty large. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, so... Uh, do you, you mentioned that you have done a good amount of traveling around the around U.S. The country, yeah. Do you have favorite spots outside of this area? Oh, definitely anywhere in the mountains. Um, uh, yeah. I like mountains where there's not ticks. 
So that would like be like the Rocky Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hate ticks. Um, uh, yeah, probably like the mountains of like Colorado uh-huh. are my favorite place. Some of my favorite yeah. places. Do you um, in the country. Yeah. yeah. Um, in fact, yeah, like because when you asked me earlier, like, uh-huh. did I interview you when you got hired? And I said no. Jake did though uh-huh. briefly. I had I when I was being hired. I had this trip planned to go to Aspen uh-huh. uh, for a week of skiing, and I got my in-person interview in like the day before I left, like because wow. it was just like I have to do this now. I'm not waiting a week yeah. to get back, you know, like that's not happen. So I got in, left, and I had to have a phone call with Jake while I was there, and you know, we had already had all our tickets planned out. And when you go out west to ski, like you don't want to waste a whole day for one 15 minute call. Yeah. You know, like I was like, I gotta find a way to like still ski and obviously be on this call. Yeah. Um, so I just like found a spot on the mountain I scouted out that had reception. Nice. Pulled over, took my skis off, sat down and called Jake. That, uh, <laughs> I'm sure, did you tell Jake that was he the situation? Knew. Okay, he knew, cool. yeah. yeah, he did know. I don't know, yeah, he, I think at the time, he knew I was skiing. Yeah, um, he didn't know you were literally skiing. I think he knew moment. I was literally on the mountain. That is, uh, I'm sure that was nothing but bonus points. <laughs> Maybe that's, that a, is, that's uh, what did it. Major, you know? <laughs> major cool points. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, how did you find out about us originally? Uh, easy. So I, I would, I had done some research just around like different companies in Philadelphia to see what was out there because yeah. I really wasn't like well versed in like the company scene of mm-hmm. Philly really, or as well versed as I wanted to be. Yeah. Um, and I found your blog post mm-hmm. about like doubling down on Philadelphia. Oh, awesome. And that was it. Boom. Sent you guys an email. I will, uh, <laughs> I'm going to send Sam an email about that referral bonus yeah. uh, immediately following this podcast. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah. I, uh, uh, there may be an, an obvious answer to this question, but just in case there's a non-obvious one, I'm going to ask it. Why do you hate ticks so much? I, they're gross. I really don't like arachnids, uh-huh. and I'm like okay with spiders. I've become much more accepting of spiders because uh-huh. I have a house that's old and there's they're everywhere. Yeah. But um, I just and, and they like they stick to you mm-hmm. and they get caught like in you and. I, they're disgusting. They give you diseases. Um, <laughs> I can keep going and going with this. Um, All right, story checks out. <laughs> yeah, ticks are gross. Yeah, yeah ticks are gross. Um, uh, you do running also, right? Yeah, to I, some I, extent. Yeah, I run. Um, have you done what? Have you done any like? Uh, are you into races or mainly just kind of recreational? The last race that I did, like yeah. organized run, was uh, Hoagie's. Oh yeah, thing that you were yeah, at. Yeah, I was so there. not yeah. <laughs> not recently. I mean, I've run like Broad Street. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So I I really haven't raced since high school. Since, high school, since yeah. I was like, actually competitively running. Cool. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Uh, so. <laughs> I've got a bunch of questions here yeah. that are on my uh, my generic list, um, okay. so I'm going to run through them. Yeah. Um, if you could go back to college and retake one course that you already took okay. today, which one would it be? Like just to, to, like for so a course I already took. Yeah. I just want to make sure I understand the question. Of course I already took. Just do it again for fun. Or just do it again for, reason, for fun, whatever. or you think it's uh, either for nostalgic reasons, or you think you would just get more out of it if <laughs> yeah. you had the ability to take it today with the, the benefit of your life experience now. Well, so I would break this question into two categories. Like, which uh, oh, the course I would take for fun would be my backpacking and camping class, which I did. Um, 
That's a real class. That's Temple offers a backpacking yes. class. There's a kinesiology major, which is like the study of like movement. A lot of like physical education majors take it. People that I think want to go into like um, physical therapy maybe take kinesiology as the actual like name of the degree. Right. That particular coursework includes all kinds of recreational classes. Like I may be exaggerating, but like kickball, racquetball, yeah. I don't know. Um, there's a backpacking and camping course, and it was awesome. I took that. It was only worth two, two credits. Uh -huh. This was not Calgary. Uh, so <laughs> it does it, uh, yeah. do you go on overnight trips and things mm -hmm. like that? Or? Yeah, we uh, did. We went on a couple. We, don't, we went on some day hikes. Um, it wasn't even a class that met every week. It would okay. meet like every other week. Mm -hmm. um, and we went on day hikes, and we also went on a couple overnight trips on like the Appalachian Trail. We stayed in the Pine Barrens. Oh, nice. So like local things. We wouldn't go too far. Yeah. Uh, but it was really fun. Um, have you kept up with camping? Do you go camping often? Yeah, I go camping still. I just got back from a trip in Yosemite. We were in the backcountry. Oh, that's incredible. Camping, yeah. Uh, so, and yeah, I've done quite a bit of backcountry camping. What, uh, if someone <laughs> were going to Yosemite and you were going to make some recommendations, yeah. what would you say not to miss? Uh, climb Half Dome. Uh -huh. Get a permit and climb Half Dome. I did not climb the face. I am, I've rock climbed, but I am not like a rock climber that could do that type of uh -huh. uh, endurance type of rock I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that Rock dome? dome, I'm sorry, Half, half dome? dome is a mountain picture. that is shaped like half of a dome. Do you want me to show you a picture? I really would love quick? to, yeah. This, uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and in the way the park was formed with like glaciers and all kinds of like amazing geological movements or geo physical, whatever that's called. Um, it made these, so Yosemite is known for its granite monoliths. There's more exposed granite, granite like in Yosemite than anywhere in the world. Um, so Half Dome is one of the, actually, did you download Yosemite on your computer? Like the new operating system? Oh, I think Mac I have Yosemite? Uh, El Capitan. Oh no, El Capitan, the yeah, new yeah, one's yeah. El Capitan, not Yosemite. Yeah. So the default background, sorry, I don't mean to, the yeah, default no, no, background is a picture of Half Dome. I don't know if it's... Uh, I have like, a picture of an elephant in a field, but I can That is not it. <laughs> but yeah, so like, um, so you gotta go to Half Dome. But Yosemite, Yosemite's gorgeous. My recommendation is if you go to any national park, yeah, there it oh, is. Oh, this guy, oh, okay. There it is. Oh, that's incredible. That Podcasting is a great medium for visuals. Yes. Uh, so Everyone just go visual. Google image search, uh, <laughs> Half Dome. So we climbed that. Yeah. And so you can climb up the front. Wow. Like if you're like, a so rock that's like climb. a straight vertical. That's climb. a straight vertical. I mean, that's a that's a rock climb. You yeah. know, you're strapped in. Like Alex Honnold did it. You know who Alex Honnold is? Nope. Arguably, like the best. He is the best free climber in the world, which means he climbs without anything. Oh wow. He's incredible. Um, he climbed that like in an hour. It takes most people. Like if you are a good rock climber. Yeah. But like a recreational good rock climber, it takes. Yeah. It's like a two day climb. Wow. So just to put it in perspective, he climbed it like in very short amount of time. That's incredible. With no ropes, like he just. <laughs> Like a human monkey spider. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so we, you climb, when you're climbing like a normal person, like yeah. you and I, um, you climb up the side, yeah. the other side of it. Even that looks pretty steep. There was a 60% incline wow. at one point, which was, it was really scary. And you have to climb with ropes. There's like cables. Oh, wow. And you just hold on. You just And it's very cold. tiring. Because uh -huh. um, you've just hiked for, you know, several miles from yeah. camp to get there. Um, and then you take, you know, you hang, there's the rope, there's the cables. Oh yeah. So you climb up those. Wow. Up and down those. So it's almost like a drawbridge, only there's no bridge. You're just kind of... You just kind of are on cables and you hold cables. on. Yeah. So wow. that's what we did. We uh, climbed, so you gotta go to Half Dome, but here's incredible. my thing, like, yeah. no matter what national park you've been to, because there have been a lot of national parks, uh -huh. um, you have to go into the backcountry. You just gotta get off the road. Mm -hmm. 
because like 95% of visitors to our national parks don't leave the road. So even if you do a day hike, I don't care if you do an hour and a half hike, just get off the road yeah. and really see like why this area has been preserved as a national park. Or just get into some quiet, yeah. like, you know. Ken, um, this is shows my inexperience with camping. That's okay. when, when you say get off the road, does that mean, okay, I'm on the road, I've gotten there, I've, I've driven or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, do I just pull over somewhere, just like go into the woods? And I mean, yeah, you can. Uh-huh. Uh, in certain national parks, you might not want to do that. I would recommend doing that in, like, in a Yellowstone. Because so of like bears high population of grizzly bears. All right. Uh, they've got black bears there, but black bears are like yogi bear. They're not okay. scary. Um, they, but so, yeah, they're, it depends what park you're in. Do your okay. research first if you All go right. to a national park. Um, and But get off the road. And, yeah, you can. There's, like, pullovers and trailheads. Yeah. Look up the trailheads. And go hike for a little while. Cool. Are there, uh, for someone that is looking to get into hiking but not quite ready to do the 60 degree <laughs> incline at Yosemite, what, is there anything local that you would recommend? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's always, uh, like, Wissahickon. Yeah. I, I go running there with my dog a lot. I run there. Um, uh, the Pine Barrens in New Jersey have a lot of trails, and you can go oh, cool. there. It's really yeah. nice. It's pretty pristine parts of it. Um, Jim Thorpe has some cool areas. I don't know if you've ever heard of Jim Thorpe. No. Okay, that's kind of cool. Ricketts Glen is in Pennsylvania, so for like waterfalls, Um, the Delaware Water Gap. I mean, there's yeah, Yeah. there's there's they're everywhere. Ricketts Glen for waterfalls. Yeah, check out Ricketts Glen, and and they're kind of like really cool, like these like whimsical like fairy tale waterfalls. They're very kind of small and um, like kind of cascading. Nothing dramatic and huge, but just really beautiful. Uh, Awesome. It's lush. Check that, out. that I'm going to use for it. Lush. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, great. So uh, yeah. you, would, you would take that backpacking camping course is the answer <laughs> yeah. to that question. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, friends. Who is your best friend? Oh, that's so... Again, these are like... Do people answer these in one word? Like in one... Oh, no. Usually it's kind of designed to have exactly the experience we just had, which yeah. is going off on some tangent. Right, right, right. Okay, I was, yeah. okay, yeah. Um, uh, my, my best friend, uh, really when it comes down to it is like my mom and my dad, but probably my mom, my mom and I did not get along because I was like a teenage girl and she was not a teen, like she was like telling me what I could and could not do. And you know, so I didn't like my mom in high school, um, but now we're like best friends. Um, and I get along with her really well. I I call her like every other day just to talk to her. Because she's also retired, so now I can just call her. Oh, that's great. What did she do before she retired? (laughs) She was a teacher for like 35 years. Oh, awesome. What did she teach? Third grade. Third grade. Okay. Did she she teach in the school system where you went to school? No. No. Another school in Lancaster County, but not my school. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Dave, my boyfriend, is, you know, a a best friend figure, I would definitely. Um... Else, I mean, I, I yeah. One of my girlfriends, uh, Nikki, who was actually the girl that was the homecoming queen, still oh, yeah. still a best friend, one of the people I cherish most on earth. Um, yeah, I yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> I, can uh, go, I can keep yeah. going. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Is uh, um, when you think about uh, your kind of rekindling your friendship with your mom after growing out of the, the yeah. teenage and it wasn't like horrible like, I don't want to make it yeah, sound yeah. like you know, it's but a like, typical teenager yeah, experience it was like a pretty typical teenage girl especially experience uh-huh. like I knew guys but like I know there, there are several girls I know who went through a rough patch with their mothers mm-hmm. you know just cause like you're just yeah. butting heads um, 
Yeah, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Finish yeah. your question. I, still, uh, I wanted to preface it. With. What do uh, I? What do you guys bond over? I mean, is it? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, our. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna make sure I say this. Um, animals for sure. Mm-hmm. We we both love our pets, um, and she loves my pets, and I love her pets. Um, uh, <laughs> having a house now, oh, yeah. um, I've started like doing a lot of gardening, yeah. which I've always been into. So we bond over that. Um, now that like she's getting older and like you know different just like family things like you know different drama that happens in the family, but not our immediate family. Sure. We kind of can like talk about it because right. it's like not our immediate family, <laughs> so we can like talk about everybody else's weird stuff that's going on. Um, but yeah, just like, I mean, you know, just the nice normal things yeah. in life, like food, gardening, living. I did find it when I got my first house that the frequency with which I was calling my parents <laughs> yeah. to ask like, I smell gas, should I be running down the block, that kind of stuff. Should I get out? Yeah. Uh, have you had any, like, what's what's been your biggest uh, home improvement project since you moved into the house? Oh man, oh my gosh, I'm getting a ton of work done on my house. Um, I have like a whole wall that is, uh, faulty Um, I'm redoing all the stucco on my house I'm putting an addition on my house right now yeah I'm going through L&I it's really pleasant not (laughs) right now so that's where we're at right now we're dealing with L&I I'm doing a ton of work to my house mostly because it was required not because Uh I was just like I'm going to do a bunch of work it was like oh there's a bunch wrong Uh with this 110 year old house or whatever it is Um, do you enjoy that? huge I'm gonna enjoy like seeing the work being done because um, it's like progress. So mm-hmm. I always like to see progress, but um, it's just it's very stressful yeah. dealing with contractors and dealing with this and that. But we've gotten to a point now where like we have certain things picked out as far as like contractors. Yeah. So we're getting somewhere with L and I, so like that was good. I found out I had termites. Oh bummer! Not too long after living in my house, and I found out because one, it, this is disgusting. I don't know if you've had. Did you have you ever had run into termites? I have not run into live termites. The house okay. I used to live in had like previous termite damage. Every house has like previous, and the yeah. city has like previous termite damage because they're so old. They're yeah. all like the wood that like, be you know. Um, yeah, I've one night I was like laying in bed and I like was reading or something. And I like turned over to like put my book or phone down or whatever. And then on the carpet, uh-huh. I see like this little thing like coming through the carpet, like chewing it. It was a termite, and I I screamed and I was not happy. Um, and then we had a guy come out. And wow. He took care of it for us, but that was gross. It kind of went into that like whole like not liking arachnids. I also yeah. don't like termites. <laughs> yeah, they do not sound like disgusting friendly critters. <laughs> uh, yeah, I always felt like. The first time I dealt with a home issue, it was exciting and interesting. Like the first time I had I a patch drywall, or like I had a, yeah. a, a pool at my own place in the suburbs, and I thought it was going to be the coolest thing ever. It's like the first time, <laughs> the first time the water turned green, I was like, oh. It's like a chemistry problem. Let me go. I'm going to get the water samples. I'm going to go do this. And it's like 300 bucks and a sunburn later, uh, you know, the pool was back to normal. And then three days go by and it's green again. And it's like, come on. This is not... uh, this is not fun anymore. Do you live in the city now? I do live in the city. Now. Am I yeah. not allowed to ask questions? Oh no, you can. Okay, uh, I, I don't want to. You know, I don't want to like mess up the. It's a, you <laughs> feel, feel free to reverse it on me. It's no, it's no problem. You're the first one to be so bold. 
Um, yes, I do live in the city now. I'm in, in uh, Bella Vista at like 11th and Washington. Oh, okay. Oh, awesome. Like the Italian nice. market area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, nice. a, a great like spot. It? I do. I love it's it's an amazing nexus of food. I am mm-hmm. a huge fan of food in general and food in this city in mm-hmm. particular. And it's right at uh, this intersection of. The best Vietnamese food in the city is right there in. Uh, oh, like right on Washington. Yeah, like all uh, those like places. Nam Phuong at Phu Seventy Five, yeah. and a bunch of those are right across the street from me. And then the Mexican food down there is incredible. Really? Uh, and uh, the Italian market is uh, is yeah. right two blocks away, so yeah. uh, I never have to go too far for an amazing, uh, uh, you know, some some pho or some tacos or yeah. some meatballs. Uh, <laughs> better. Three things that. <laughs> three things that's pretty much all you need in order to survive. Uh, and tacos and meatballs. As a human being. <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, cool. All right. So um, I am curious. So we're recording this podcast. It's partially based on who I randomly get paired with in buddy time. But there's one other mechanism that can lead to me interviewing somebody, and it's this question. Who's the person at RJ Metrics who you think would be the most interesting to listen to an interview like this with? Or that you'd be most personally curious to hear one with? Um without having much time to really consider everything because you know like I'm sure there's something I'm missing about somebody that I would love to learn about but um, I'm going to go with David Williams David Williams I've heard okay yeah. and you know why well so I knew David from a previous life uh-huh. I didn't um, know that What's I worked that? with him at Garces Trading Company I was a hostess he was a server oh cool way back like, that's incredible ago. yeah and so his first day here I was like oh my gosh <laughs> what are you doing here this is great someone I know um but, I, well, David's an interesting guy, hmm. but, and he's really friendly, um, but uh, he's amazing. But, so the other night, yeah. I don't know if this is true, it might have been an office rumor, hmm. but this is a good office rumor. Because um, <laughs> that can, that sometimes can put someone like, office rumor, like, wait a second, yeah. what does that mean? No, this is like a good, no, this yeah. is good. Um, someone was like, oh, I heard he's talking to John Oliver or something, and I was like, what? <laughs> Who, what do you mean? Like his, I heard like he's friends with John Oliver and I was like, I need to know more about this. Yeah. Do you know anything about this? I know, uh, so I know that at some point in the last year, John Oliver came to town and did a show and David Williams like helped certain people get amazing tickets to that show. Uh, that was a, a rumor. So that's, so that's there a big indication. A, yeah, that's, that's my one piece of evidence that uh, <laughs> it's probably We're accurate. gonna put our heads together and get yeah. to the bottom of this. Good answer, so, all right. I, so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. I was like, I would like to learn more about. Um, yeah, he's got some. So, like, he was at Vitamin Water around the time when like Fifty Cent was going around See, buying yeah, everybody's like, shares, like, and uh, yeah, he's, just, he's got some. Guy. He's, he's got, got some to have some cool stories. Yeah, he's fun. All right, <laughs> solid answer. Um, what am I not asking you about that I should be? <laughs> oh man. Um, covered the birds. You know, that's always something that's kind of interesting. Um, I I did a cool thing. Um, I, I And some people here know this. Um, one interesting point in my life, and probably one that I think, I don't know yet, but if my life ended tomorrow, um, one that I would look back on and say, like, that was the coolest thing I ever did, um, it would be when I left my job at my old company. I came back to it, but I left for two months and went and worked in Montana with a cowboy that did, uh, he was essentially a cowboy. I mean, he rode on horses all day and like did outfitting trips into the backcountry for days at a time That's on a cowboy. pack animals. Yeah. And I did that and I just, I worked for him for two months. 
I am a bad interviewer. How did I not get to that? <laughs> so that was really interesting. Um, so t- I mean, is that fulfilling some kind of long-term goal, or did you just pick up one day and say, I, I, "Go to Montana"? I yeah, kind of. Um, I emailed him like out of the blue, and I was thinking I knew him because I had taken a trip out there with my family mm-hmm. to like the Jackson Hole area, and then we went into Wyoming. Well, Jackson Hole's in Wyoming. We went into Yellowstone. I'm sorry. We went into Yellowstone, and we did a day ride in the backcountry. Just not overnight, you know, just a day yeah. on horseback. When I say ride, that means on horseback. I mean okay. on horses. Um, and he, it was like a several hour ride. We started early in the morning, you know, like hours of time. Um, you can cover a lot of ground on a horse in that amount of time, so it was great. And so I just knew his name from that because he did wow. it. And how old were you on this previous trip? Uh, I was in college. Okay. So I emailed him one day out of the blue. I really wasn't happy with my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, I gotta, like, I'm, I never studied abroad, something I regretted, one of the few regrets of my life, um, and I just felt like I was gonna, like, just be at this place where I was just working, and I wasn't doing anything that I learned anything, I really wanted to see something I wanted to see, so um, I emailed him, I found his personal email address and emailed him, and um, I was expecting a polite decline yeah. of me saying, like, hey, do you need any help? for this summer, because I would love to know, and if I can do something, I'll do it. And he said, yeah, wow. that would be fine if you wanted to come out. And so I was like the camp cook. That was what my excuse was to be there, to make um, myself like useful. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I was his camp cook. That's incredible. It was uh, great. Did you have a special dish? <laughs> no, but I, I made like, it was like three meals a day for the people that came on those trips, uh, two hot meals a day. So I'm really good at cooking outside with very limited resources and I'm really, really creative when it comes to like making something work. I'm really good at that. Yeah, when I when I picture what you're describing, I just think giant vats of baked beans. Uh, no. What, uh, yeah. What, no, what, we had why? like, yeah, no, that's a great question. Oh man, we had um, like beef stew and a lot of it I would pre-make and then I would have all the meals like planned out like so I would freeze things mm-hmm. and the things that I was gonna use at the end of the week I'd put like on the bottom of the cooler so they stayed frozen hopefully yeah. that whole week. Uh-huh. Um, or the whole time we were on the trip. So you didn't have, you would go out on trips that were multi-day trips. Yeah, the longest I ever stayed in the background was eight days. Wow. Zero phone, zero people. Every once in a while you'd see like a hiker, Uh like a single hiker. And that would be a pretty, pretty extreme person. So you are responsible for feeding a party of how many people? Like eight or nine. Eight or nine people over eight days Mm -hmm. in the backcountry with no refrigeration. Yeah. That's like, that is a non-trivial. It was crazy. That engineering education probably. It it really did. Like just like thinking outside of the box and like, just like saying like, well, this is what we're going to do. Like this is, this is happening. Uh So yeah, it it was really hard. Um, I remember thinking back like on it, I had like two days of training. Uh, they 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 practiced with me cooking French toast and bacon on a campfire outside of their house yeah. um, in Montana, and uh, then I just did it. And then I did like I did th- two three trips with them uh-huh. um, over the course of my two months living there. Nice, cool. So that, um, cool. that is pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, that was such a good answer. I'm going to ask this question again. <laughs> what am I not asking? About <laughs> that I should be? Man, um, we're going to get to the bottom of the barrel here. Oh my gosh. Uh, is it all personal questions? You haven't asked me about our geometrics yet. Really? 
know. That is a great question. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, the, uh, the last interview I, have I no did expectations was uh, this, Elsa, and I mm-hmm. asked a lot of like, "What is what is your day look like?" Questions oh, okay. and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but we don't have that's to. A, uh, that's pretty legit. So yeah, <laughs> tell me no, that that's a great. Your answer to this question it's is: a segue. Uh, I have not asked you about about your job. Um, yeah, can you talk a little bit about just? Um, I have a million questions actually, but <laughs> maybe the best place to start is right now at this moment in time. What does a typical day look like? Um, typical day is hopefully lots of calls, lots of conversations, building you know relationships, uh, building rapport with people, so we can like get a hook in there. Um, yeah, so lots of calls. Um, there's a lot of like quickly switching gears. Um, the way our days are structured, it's. And not that this is a bad thing even, um, but you're not always, as an AE, you're not always in charge of your own schedule because you want to be kind of free as much as you can so you uh-huh. get new calls scheduled. So it's really hard to like block your day and like prioritize certain things in that way. So you just got to be like real agile. Gotcha. Um, which for me, honestly, is a challenge. Um, it's always been a challenge for me. I'm a very like detail oriented. I'm very um, like, uh, not that my colleagues, but like I'm just a very like thorough, like detail oriented, like you know, wants to be. Yeah. So uh, you have to really like, um, you know, combat that to be successful. Mm-hmm. So, um, and just be really like agile and on your feet, which is a great trait to learn and yeah. it's a great thing for an AE. So, um, not too many meetings. We're not like bogged down. We have, we have a lot of freedom, the mm-hmm. AE team. Um, a lot of trust is put in us to just be good yeah. at what we do and we're not bothered with a lot of things. So. Um, the AE team, as you know, also has gone through a lot of changes. Sure like, has, there's yeah. always, like, every quarter, you know, like, the product's constantly changing or the, what we're going to do with the pricing. or yeah. So we're always kind of like, all right, like, give it to us. Like, what are, yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? So um, we're a very, very flexible, versatile group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that team has been put through the ringer with just about every possible uh, new curveball being thrown at yeah, it. So. Um, a lot of admiration for what you've all, all been through. Maybe a, a good way to frame that is, if I rewound the clock, say, a year, and I ask you what your typical day was like, what do you think that answer would have been? Well, what were we doing a year ago? So, um, a year ago, I think that was before the ADR transition. I think you're right. Right? It was still inbound-outbound? Yeah. I think that's just about right. right. So we started I think it was Q1. hiring ADRs like crazy probably about three quarters ago, yeah. Yeah, so not even, okay, yeah. so there, okay. Um, so a little bit more of a block schedule. We had a different pricing too, so the conversations oh, yeah. were different. Um, you know, like we weren't going as in depth into like uh, really what people were looking for, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a little bit of a different mission, you know, it was like, it was just, it was just different. So, yeah. um, we were doing like more prospecting, yeah. like you had a lot of follow-ups, mm-hmm. like a high, like, very high in the funnel stuff. Yeah. We spent a lot of time doing a lot of that. Where now we're just focusing more, very low in the funnel, mm-hmm. um, trying to get people to convert. And, and do you think that's a change in our sales strategy or a change in the market and people's ability to ask smart questions early on in the process? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's more of a change in our sales strategy for that particular thing because because the ADR team now does a lot of that like does a lot of prospecting. They're dealing with a lot of like the inbound marketing leads. Well, they do all of them up front. Um, And then things get passed on to AEs for the most part. So I think that's more of a change in our sales strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, As our product has matured and as our pricing has gone up, we've seen more of a difference in the market, I think. Um, This is me. I'm talking to like the head of the company here who knows way more about this than I do. So you know what I mean? Like that's just what I think. that's had to change the conversation. Yeah. Also, the competition's fierce, yeah. so very fierce and, and very good. So. And that's over the course of the last year, is that one of the dimensions you think has changed? 
Yeah, like, I mean, like, Domo had their big, like, relaunch in the last year, whatever they do. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm really not, I'm not 100% sure all the time. But I, no one is. Yeah, <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, so, um, yeah, but then now with the addition of Pipeline, mm-hmm. and we've also, one thing, though, with also with our competitors, we very much know if someone's looking at a certain competitor, they're either shopping for the wrong tool or yeah. they're not a good fit for us. Yeah. They're someone they're not a good fit for because mm-hmm. we really are just so different from a lot of our competitors in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, you can tell, I think, pretty early on. Like, I think I told somebody today, they asked me about Looker, and I said, really, we don't come up against Looker at the Collab BI product uh-huh. too often because it's really kind of like a different role, it's a different need, um, it's a different like solution they're kind of looking for. Yeah. And, and so that's true. Now that we know more about our um, competitors, we know more about our own product as a sales team. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's it's that's changed things a bit. Cool. I hope that's no okay. case. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Talking to the person. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, final part of this three-part question: When you think about one year from now, what do you think your day will look like? Oh my gosh. Um, I think it'll be more focused. Um, Perhaps, I think it, pipeline, I think, like what happens with like, just where things go with like pipeline and Cloud BI and what yeah. decisions are made around the product mm-hmm. will, um, I think, somewhat dictate how we all are doing our jobs in a certain way. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that for sure. That's just, I feel like makes sense to a certain extent. Sure. Um, so, yeah, you never know. Like maybe we'll have a team of people that only work on pipeline. Maybe we'll have a team of people that, um, we work on Cloud BI. Maybe we'll have a different product. You know, yeah. I, I don't know everything. You know about like the like the long long term strategy, um, but I think it'll be more like I, th- I I would think it would be more focused mm-hmm. like on certain things based off of like certain things a person's good at or not good at or yeah. things they like or don't like and what's best for the company. Cool. Like um, one of the things <laughs> that I uh, obviously everybody on the sales team knows this. I don't know how much the rest of the company knows this. One thing we've rolled out recently is the Sandler sales training process. Oh yeah, process. I did not talk about Sandler. Uh, I'm curious if, so you've absorbed a lot of that content. Is there anything <laughs> that, if you could give somebody you know, one tip or one summary of what you've learned or how that's changed your selling strategy, what would you share? Yeah, definitely. So um, I was just saying this to someone, I think Sandler in its, Sandler in its like, in, uh, as a system, um, kind of like fits me well and it's well first of all it's nice to have a system um, and something to follow and also something to like look back on and say like how could this have been handled differently rather than just like say this differently or say this differently you can like actually follow something and like you know determine which way is the best way to take it but um, yeah it's been nice it, it's changed things um, so having more structure around how we're selling yeah. and how to handle a particular person regardless of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, heavier qualification, heavier qualifying, but in like the right ways. Yeah. Not not saying no to people or not, but just having an understanding of, you know, where this account's gonna go. Uh, is, you know, is it gonna make it through our process? Is it even a good fit? Uh, having a better understanding of like where I should be spending my time yeah. with certain people and putting certain tactics in place that help them like just let me know without them even realizing it, whether or not they're worth Spending yeah. my timeline. That's awesome. That's the big one. Time savings. Mm-hmm. In the end, I think with Sandler is really big because you're focusing on uh, like more like key accounts mm-hmm. um, within your own pipeline. Maybe not like company key accounts, yeah. which is a different thing, but like key accounts in your own pipeline rather than just kind of like 
you know, focusing on like old stuff. One thing I've noticed in our, um, I don't know if we have hard data to back this up, and the only reason I don't know that is because I don't know if we've done the analysis, but one thing I think is that when we see a really short sales cycle, yeah. like a three-week sales cycle, which is like a really big thing, and it's really good, um, often, not for every account, but I think there's like two things that come into play. They've either worked with us in the past in some extent before, they like have heard of us, they're familiar with this concept of BI, they're comfortable with it, yeah. or they were a referral from an existing customer. Oh, interesting. Those are the two things that I see. And the way to see if they've been with us before is you can look at the number of like opportunities on an account. Mm. So like was this, okay, so you had like a three week sales cycle, was it the first opportunity or was it like the third opportunity that's been yeah. on this account and then now they're, they're ready to buy. Mm. They're, in a, they're in a buying mode and they're ready to go and we're just there at the right time with the right product and the right process to get them. Um, not always, but I do think those are two like things that, um, we have such a wide net out there right now, luckily, with this huge like seed program. Yeah, the ADR. <laughs> from the ADR is just yeah. like, Killing it, and um, so that's really good. And then uh, one thing that we're gonna start working on as a sales team more, and one thing that I would really like to do is like working with ref working on referrals. Yeah. Um, referrals are awesome. So referrals are awesome. You yeah. heard it <laughs> uh, from the sales team. <laughs> from the sales team. Directly. Referrals are awesome. The trust element is just there, and you know you've you've like won half the battle already. And really, that at that point, it's just about like making sure that you have. A, you have something that really works for their needs and helps them out. Cool. We uh, are cannot thank you enough. <laughs> this has been an amazing hour, uh, and if you. Uh, are lucky enough to have Leah uh, and your buddy time. Uh, now you've got all kinds of great fodder, um, and I can't wait to uh, chat with all of you next time here on RJ Metrics Buddy Time. Thanks, Leah. Thank you. Thank you very much.